Hello guys, my name is Grant. My name is Nathan. And this is a podcast that we are now starting because we came up with one funny joke in a conversation and suddenly now everybody needs to hear our conversations. I mean, yes. Like, if you go watch Grant's YouTube channel, you could probably piece that one. But, yes. We have already plugged my YouTube channel. I wasn't the one to do it. And we are about 24 seconds into this thing. Hey, man, I figure I'd do you a solid because I'm a business student. So, (laughs) you know, mass marketing is kind of a thing. Actually, wait, this is about movies. Why the heck are we talking about business? You brought it up. I mean, yes, good point. But at the same time, you talked about plugging a YouTube channel. No. Anyway, we'll plug that at the end. So this week we watched Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. What are your general thoughts? I love Scott Pilgrim. Like, I will I will advocate for that movie and just, like, praise it for days. I know he's the cynic, so... I'm a cynic? Yes. Is that a thing? It is a thing. I guess. About this movie in particular. You're not a cynic IRL, but, like, just out of this movie. Oh, I'm... Diet Coke is the best for podcasting. Hot, no. Psyche thought Diet Coke's, like, the worst. So, you liked it? I absolutely loved Scott Pilgrim. Okay. Like, it's a great movie. I liked it too. It was a good movie. Uh, it's really, really funny, which is good because the plot kind of sucks. Um, but it's funny, so it doesn't matter. The, the plot's... I Okay, I do have it's to not, admit, the plot's a little cookie-cutter, but at the same time, there's a, enough references thrown in there to well, make things feel... This isn't a movie like, that's, like, for the plot. This is a movie for, like, dorks to, like, references and jokes. Yes, yes. And that is what I love. All right, so, uh, plot breakdown. Okay. So we start off with Scott Pilgrim dating a high schooler. Yeah, well, Scott Pilgrim's out of college, so that's a little. No, yeah, that's it, a little worse. Does he have a job? No. Yeah, they I, established this throughout the movie. Do they, they really? No, he does not have a job. In the comics, there is a side plot that like he goes and gets a job, mm-hmm. but he does not have a job outside of his band, otherwise known as Sex Bomb. Currently, it got me thinking. Like, so in the movie, Knives does say that her parents are like nine years apart. What is the rule that you divide your age in half and then add seven? What? There's like a rule. There's, an, there, there's, a, there's a thing. There's not, it's not a rule. It's like an unspoken rule. Um, it's like you take your age, like I'm 18, yeah. you divide it in half, and then you add seven, and that is the minimum age you can date. Seriously? There's a thing for That's that? like a common phrase. What? So like if you were 46, yeah. you'd be 23, and you add seven, you could date a minimum of 30, which kind of makes sense. No, that that no. Really, forty six and thirty? They're both like established adults. Yeah, but I think once you get above thirty, you can pretty much date anybody else who's above thirty and like below forty. Okay, well, right, I guess forty six. But I mean, uh, that's fine. I I don't see it that way personally. But I think the rule kind of breaks as you get older because like that means an eighty year old could date a forty seven year old. Yeah, that this is a rule for kids. The, the, well, a rule for like teenagers and kids. Yeah. Um, Young about, adults. What about 23? That means you, you can only date uh, an 18 and a half year old. All right, so Scott Pilgrim is actually breaking this rule because 22 would go to 11, which would go to 18. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim is breaking this rule. Just barely. Just barely, though. Just barely. By one year. Yeah, but that, like, even with that rule, that just seems off. It's a, it's a weird rule, but that's like a general thing. Okay, I've never heard of that, but really? okay. The next scene is with Scott and the band. Um, I have written down that Scott is a freak, 
20, a 17 Chinese Catholic schoolgirl. Okay, so, the, the, like, what he's saying is the band totally roasts him for this. Knives shows up at the house, and she sits in on the band practicing. And here's where I absolutely love this movie. Because there's just, like, subtle audio cues throughout that are just, like, perfect. Like, you, you can hear, like, Zelda in the background, like, very subtly. Like, someone turned down the volume on it, like, mm-hmm. a whole heck of a lot. And then just the music throughout the entirety of the movie. Like, the whole movie. I highly recommend you all listen to the soundtrack. It is great. It's got, like, Beck on it. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a whole bunch of other people. And I was in my friend's room, and we just listened to it on vinyl. Oh, it's so great. It's amazing. Sound, soundtrack is really good. I'm not the kind of person to, like, pick up on the references, really. Okay. Like, I'll, I missed pretty much all of them that you didn't point out to me the first time we watched this. Yeah. When I watched it alone, I didn't get any of them. I don't know. I don't think... I, I like references as, a, as if I was a fan of something. Like, Marvel movies, I appreciate references to the things. Yeah. You know, that's world building. Well, that's references to the inside. No, yeah, that's that's world building. That's just Yeah, that, that you know, that's can, an that's an intro reference. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the character descriptions. Um Julie has problems. I thought that was really clever. Yes. I really like those. Yeah. Um just the just the way they introduce characters with the whole like um video gamey aesthetic with like the, the the text box it's like gives the age description special powers that whole kind of thing that was really cool it's really like a video game when you're given a, a stats splash screen it, this whole movie is basically a video game movie mm-hmm. basically it's is really good it yes and I um, several other movies that do that kind of stuff like right um, Hardcore Henry there's a movie it. that's entirely shot in first person I've never heard of it. Next up, Scott's Scott's roommate. Uh, what's his name? Wallace. Wallace. Uh, Wallace is dating uh, someone named Scott. Um, this is strange to me. I would never date someone that has like my roommate's name. Well, you can't exactly like decide that well, though. But at the same time, I feel like Wallace is like the absolute best friend. Like he's great to Scott to a fault. Because Scott's just such a bad person. He really is. He, like... And it's even worse in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a crap person. Yeah. So, like... I don't know. I just... I feel like... Like, my sister... My younger sister... Uh, you're getting exposed. Um, she dated a Grant, like, two years ago? One year ago? Something like that? All right. Um, and, uh, well, it was really weird. And then my older sister went to prom with a Grant... Her senior year So that was also really weird Um, Both my sisters have dated Grants And it's slightly weird So one thing that Scott did That I thought was funny Was he was actively staring At other women When he was with knives And I just want to say On a man As a man Who has been on a date With a woman If I ever did that I would be slapped so hard Yeah but like Yes, yes. And it's deplorable. He's, like, not and even a hiding it. He's just, like, she looks at his face, he knows she's looking, and he's still, like, ogling over Ramona. As I said, Scott Pilgrim. Not horrible a person. He's a bad man. But, like, legitimately, mm-hmm. he's just horrible with women. Yeah, I, I, get, I get that vibe. Like, that that's just the whole vibe of this entire movie. Is, you know, like, what not to do when dating. That makes, that, I think, makes his character arc a little mm-hmm. more satisfying. Oh, yeah. Mm. He goes through a good character arc. Um, next up is the party scene. 
Uh, first off, he's fl- again, he's a horrible person. He's flirting with Ramona all while knives and him are still a thing. Yeah. He's also a big coward, to be fair. He he is. He will... He, he, did- he uses his awkwardness as part of his charm. Well, I don't think that's an intentional thing. I, I mean in the sense that he refuses to break up with knives. Because it's hard. Well, because, listen, I've been there. And that's just something you gotta do, no matter what. No, and I get that, but that was his reason. Like, in one of the scenes, no, Wallace yeah, yeah. gives Scott an but, ultimatum, like, you but, gotta break up with knives and do the right thing, and Scott literally sits there with his plate of bacon, and he's just like, but that's hard. No, no yeah, like, no, yeah. I get it. Um, it's just, he's just a coward for not doing it. Yeah, he is. There, there is no excuse for him, mm-hmm. like, to not break up with knives, especially <clears throat> since in some of the later scenes... Like, when he's on dates with Knives, the scenes are really, like, melancholy and, like, monotone. Yeah. And, like, they're they're designed to be boring that way. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the things I really liked about the later dating scenes were, were in the beginning of it, they have, um, in the beginning they have a scene where Knives and Scott are playing Dance Dance Revolution or something, some mm-hmm. similar game. Yeah. And they're, like, in sync, they're, like beating everything it's great and in a later scene uh they just are not in sync at oh all. yeah they, i do remember that like she dominates him oh mm-hmm. that's kinky um, stuff but not what i meant um also something that's something good about that scene is um they they bring up the nega ninja Yes, and that that foreshadows. Yeah, for that foreshadows the very very end. And Scott says, "You know, I can never defeat the Nega Ninja." First off, we have to be very careful of how we pronounce that word. I know, honestly, like there are, yeah, that we, that whole thing is just. Uh, I think it's a thing. Uh, the girl from who I don't know. I'm gonna look it up. If you guys hear some clitter clatter, that is me googling something right now. Uh, Scott doing Google type things. I need to look up the cast. The um, IMDb. Because there are people I recognize that I don't know the names of. Uh, who are, okay, wait. Who are you looking for? Her. No. Yeah, that's nice. No, no, no. Uh, I think it's Aubrey. Aubrey Plaza? Aubrey Plaza. Uh, she's the girl from The Office and from Parks and Rec. She is really good in this. Is she really? Wait, who does she play? In Parks and Rec? No, no, in The Office. Uh, she's a side character for like a half a season. Um, I mean, I'm only on like season two, so... You'll get to her like next season. So the next point but, I made... Yeah, let's get back to the movie. We, If you are here for tangents, you are in the right place. Exactly. Um, Michael Sarah is, is an amazing actor. Okay, wait. Well, nah. He he's great at playing the awkward guy. Okay. I have never seen him play anything else other than the awkward guy. I never think I've ever seen him play anything else in general. He he was in Super Bad as the, the awkward, awkward guy. guy. Okay. Uh, I think he was in maybe this like is it Sarah, for IMDb. a bit. Yeah. We're looking him up. Put him in IMDb. We are gonna see this. All right. Filmography: Blazing Samurai. These are okay. Glory Bell. Gloria Bell. Never heard of it. No idea. Arrested Development. Um, I think he plays an awkward character in that. I believe he does. I haven't heard of any of the other movies. The Lego Batman movie. He is Dick Grayson. Which, it's it's Robin. He's, He's a always child. awkward. He's a child. He, he It's always awkward. Um, Sausage Party. Barry. Yeah, he's the awkward guy. 
this is the end. He's Mike. He's playing himself. So he an awkward guy. How? How? It's, I find it really hard to act like yourself personally. Because like, what do I even do? It's not even. It's so natural. Like you. Well, that's when it. you don't think about it and you just do. Mm-hmm. Scott, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Awkward guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juno. Awkward guy. Super, Super bad. bad. Awkward guy. Uh, okay, so what I'm seeing is that we're typecasting Michael Sarah. Well, well, Michael Sarah's been typecasted like ever since what I assume to be 1999. Yeah, legitimately, he has been typecasted for like the entirety of his career, mm-hmm. which is sad. It's he, really he's a famous sad. actor, so like, but yes, but like you know, it, it's sad that Michael Sarah's been typecasted like this. But yeah, he yeah. can do it so well. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Once you can do something so well, you always just are doing that thing. Yeah, like the the the, the woman who plays Bellatrix Lestrange, she is almost always. The, the evil, crazy, psychotic, psychotic person. Yeah. And I think that's kind of sad because she does, like, in Ocean's 8, I haven't seen it, but I've heard she's really good. Well, also, wait, didn't you get typecasted as, like, the angry dad? Yeah, but I enjoy doing that. <laughs> well, that's my... I have sympathy. Sure he does. No, I, I... I do. I have sympathy <sighs> for actors who get typecasted because I kind of have a angry dad acting persona around me when I was in high school. Um, I've kind of shed that. In my senior year, because my director was like, yeah, I know how it feels like to be typecast, so you're not doing it. Because ah. uh, he knocked me right out of the Angry Dad role <laughs> for the fall play I was in. Um, and that, so far, has been my favorite acting experience thus far, because that was the most challenging one I've had. Has there been points in the, in like your senior year of acting, like when you could have played that character as the Angry Dad? Oh, yeah. I actually did during a... So we did we did Almost Maine, right? Almost made, yes. And so that, for people who don't know, is a play comprised of, like, I think it's 13... There's a set... I think it's, like, nine nine or something. There are nine mini-stories, and they all revolve around some form of love. Like, um, my scene, I was Lendl. Um, uh, I... We were... And then my girlfriend's name was Gail. Um, it's, the, it's the last happy scene of the play. It's the one right before the intermission. Um, what happens? Shush. One the last happy scene. Is it really is. That's, that's how the director described it to me. Oh man! That's he said so you got you got to milk this because it's the last happy scene we get. Oh jeez. There's one. Um, well, I guess kind of. There's one with lesbians in it. <laughs> that's my favorite scene. It was originally uh, two gay men, but uh, we didn't have enough guys, or we had too many girls, so we made it lesbians instead. Ah. It was a, it was a good cast. Yes. I think that was a good choice. Um, but in my scene, um, my girlfriend comes on, comes in wanting to break up because I, because, uh, give me a second, I need to think about this. Oh, I got it. Okay. So she wanted me to propose and I just wouldn't. And so she was like, give me back my love. And love in this scene is like a physical thing. Quit being a wuss. Um, (laughs) uh, so she's like, give me back my love. And I'm like, I can't. Well, why not? Because I made it into a ring, and now I'm going to propose to you, right? Um, oh, that's and that's cool. like a really sweet, somber character, and that's one I really liked playing. Um, there was an Angry Dad character that's like the second-to-last scene. Okay. Um, and I played... We did these like individual scenes we did in like a Theater One class. Yeah. And I was that Angry Dad for that class. Oh, boy. And so I think... I meant, I vaguely mentioned that to the... I think I, I vaguely mentioned that... And I think the, the director was in earshot, and he's yeah. like, all right, well, that's not happening. Which I respect. I think it's yeah, a good decision. that makes sense. I got cast, so I can't really complain. Good point. 
Um, the only theater I ever did was uh, production of Curtains back in my senior year of high school, which, mm. oh man, oh man, it was a time. We did, we did. I, res- I like, respect for all the theater people who have to go through that twice a year. Three times a year. For you, it was three. We did a, a fall play, a summer, a summer Shakespeare, and then a spring musical. Okay, we did a fall play, uh, like a December musical, mm-hmm. and then we did like uh, uh, like two things in the spring. Okay. So that's, that's... I, I did the more popular one that all my friends were in. Yeah, you're a choir boy that just wanted to do musicals. I see you. People like you annoy me. <laughs> Hey man, I I wasn't in anyone's way. I did the ensemble. Okay, I no, I stayed in I'm my lane kidding. for I'm, once. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, um, no. I think generally roles are distributed to the people who deserve them most. So if, oh, yes. uh, if a choir person comes in and deserves a role, um, then you get the role. Actually, that happened my senior year with the Little Mermaid. The person who played Eric never acted before in his life, but he was such a natural Eric that we cast him as Eric. Ah, okay. Um, but he he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes flukes like that go right. Like, um, I remember one time I was going to have to, like, I was going to have a solo dance. Oh, like, boy. I, my brain went into red alert. I'm like, wow, I don't want this. Red, like, like I don't, I'm, I will do everything in my power to screw this up. And it was going to be with, like, one of the leading girls. Oh, like okay, and I'm like I have no problem with this, but I have every problem with it because I can't dance. Mm. She eventually forgot about it, and like I <laughs> totally dodged that bullet. You lucked out. I super lucked out, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna have to learn a whole nother dance. I'm not doing that. Yeah, we uh, we did West Side Story my Ooh. sophomore year. The dances and those things, that thing was insane. Yeah, no, the dances and curtains were insane, partially because the. Uh, the choreographer kind of almost screwed the show. You know... Almost. And then our dance captains, like, picked up the pieces and, like, formed them. Mm-hmm. Good on the dance captains. My, legitimately. My junior, my junior year, my, uh, my our dance choreographer uh, had a lot of stuff going on. Uh-huh. And so she was, like, there only half the time. Our president of the thespian troupe my senior year, her junior year, she had to, like, come back and... She essentially got us through that show. Mm. Mm-hmm. She was good. She did a dance thing at Thespian Festival the next year. I think she got like an excellent score. Oh wow! Yeah, she was pretty good. I think it's like that's like second highest. Mm. So anyway, we should probably talk about this movie we watched. Probably. Um. So Michael Sarah is a great actor. The action scenes in this movie are, I think, my favorite action scenes of every movie I've ever seen. Oh yes, no, no, no. like. Combine the video game aesthetics with like super over the top martial arts, mm-hmm. and you combine those into one. It's a great. And just the visuals are perfect. It's really good. It's a nice movie, man. Oh yeah. Then we get to the concert and the first Evil X. First off, the fact that Michael Sarah just kind of brushed past that, um, brushed past the email that he got. Oh my gosh, I love that. Was that was great. It's so because boring. Well, okay, but here's the thing. So, the first evil ex decides to be generous and goes ahead and sends Michael Sarah Scott Pilgrim an email explaining the whole like because in order to date Ramona, you have to defeat her seven evil exes. Like that's that's the whole thing of the story. 
and he he like starts to read the email and like Wallace is just in total suspense of what it is because he can't see the computer and then Michael Sarah, like Scott Pilgrim just goes it's so boring and deletes the email and in the comics um Matthew Patel the first evil ex sends him a letter and he he like skims it again and immediately throws the letter out mm-hmm. so like when they finally fight and Scott still doesn't know what's going on it's it's funnier because it's not just the email it's an email and a letter it's like the it's so funny you want to take a guess at which one of us have read the comics I never read the comics. I watched oh, a lot you... of videos on the comics. Oh, you're not even a real comic fan. Okay. No, no, no. I just, I just happen to know this stuff. Okay. Do you think I have time to read? Actually, yeah, I do. Podcast. I have a lot of, I have a lot of time to read. You have so much free time in college. It's weird. It is weird. Like I have more free time now than I did in high school. Although today, I honestly don't have a whole heck of a lot of free time. It's, but like on a normal day to day basis, you will find yourself saying, "Wow." I'm bored. I am bored. I so to, go out and make friends. Start a YouTube channel. <laughs> that's what I did. Don't do that. Make friends. Oh, <laughs> like join clubs. Do whatever you can. Join to keep Glee. Yourself. Glee is great. Yes. If you're uh, coming to MSU, join Glee. Yes. Do it. Um, his song is amazing. Yes. Um, the um, one with the vampires and the stuff. Yeah. The, so the, they have they have this song with vampires. It's Fantastic. Yeah, the the evil ex div, like turns into this Bollywood artist, and it totally clashes with the whole like rock vibe mm-hmm. of the show. Yeah, and it's it's so great. And also, um, I liked the line where it's like pi- pirates are in this year. That was funny. Yes, the, the uh, Wallace totally like. Or it was it was someone from the audience just totally wrecks it was his outfit and Matthew in like a, like a retort is just like pirates are in this year mm. and it's such a great line. After that, um, Michael Sarah finally breaks up with knives. Thank God. We're, we're gonna we're gonna totally like skim over the fact that he just punched the evil ex into like coins. Yes. And he doesn't have enough money to like go home on the bus. So well, Ramona is going to lend him the other part of it. So like, yeah, and she does. And on the bus ride, they kiss in a great scene, and it's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Did you not? I I was writing down the okay. I was writing down Yu Gi Oh Mind Crush at that time. Yu Gi Oh Mind Crush because yeah. like that's what he does. He like puts his palm to his his face and he just blows it up. Boop. Oh, shut up! <laughs> He's making fun of me because on the audio there's another spike where I'm like Yu Gi Oh Mind Crush. Yeah. There There's is. another spike. What do you know? It's almost as if when you talk louder, there's spikes. Um, birthday breakup. That's rough. Yeah, that that whole thing was rough. And also, there's the where where knives is like, I think I'm in love, and the love manifests into like smoke that Scott just totally waves away, like he's waving away like cigarette smoke or something. Yeah. Uh, it's such a great visual. It's like, a good visual effect. It is. It really is. Uh, then we have practice with Ramona. The only thing I had from the scene was bread makes you fat. That was the funniest line I think I've ever heard. Bread makes you fat. There's a point where Ramona's oh, like, Oh, wait, when they make garlic bread. Yeah, and yes. Ramona's like, I don't eat bread. And she's like, it makes you fat. And Michael says, like, bread makes you fat. Oh, it's my great. Yeah. I love that line. Also, I love how it takes Scott all of half the bus ride to get over Ramona. I mean, or, he was uh, over he, um, knives. knives yeah, yeah. He was. I think he was already emotionally over it. 
Well, yeah, but you could see from his face, like, in the first couple of frames of the bus ride that he's, like, really sad and really well, seems to regret doing it. And then, like, halfway through, he's just, like, jamming, just my, super happy. My interpretation of that was he feels bad about doing it. Yeah. I don't think he didn't want to do it. I think he just felt bad. Yeah. Then we skip to the... <laughs> On this sheet, it says, Michael Sarah is me. And I can't help but, like, start to draw connections between Grant and Michael Sarah. Yeah, like, um, I think I'm a little nicer than Michael Sarah, And less of... And less... Less of a bad person. Less of... I think I'm less of a bad person. You can be the judge of that. The things he says and, like, his mannerisms, I, I think I'm a less awkward version of that. Yeah. So, like... I try to bring some charm. I think he just brings a not enough charm. Ouch. I don't know. I, I I can relate to Michael Sarah a lot in just his mannerisms and Roast. how he, and the jokes he makes and stuff. Also, he has a guitar and he's like a total guitar man. And I'm like, the but he, he has a bass, not a guitar. Well, yeah, bass guitar. But yeah. And then I'm the ukulele man. Roast. I think it's funny. Chris Evans is a great actor. Yeah. Bringing this, bringing this back. After. After Ramona and Sarah eat garlic bread on his floor, which, my goodness, is that an awkward scene, they then go to a place in Toronto where they're filming this movie with um, uh, Lucas Lee, and that happens to be her second evil ex, Mm -hmm. and it is Chris Evans, like, before... I think that was before Captain America? That was before... That was about a nerd. You gonna go ahead and... That was a year before Captain America was released. Yes, Okay. So that was Chris Evans before he became Captain America. Apparently, Chris Evans basically plays Chris Evans. Is he is he a is he a douchebag in real life? I honestly don't know, but that's what I've heard our movie group saying, and I'm like, I don't know if I actually agree with that. Or I don't. Not. I don't know. But, uh, hold on, let me Google this. But he's like the the movie star, like sellout. Is oh that didn't work. Is Chris Evans a douchebag? Also, I thought we were doing this PG. From douchebag of America to Captain America. So, I'd like to report that Chris Evans is not a douchebag. Thank God. Hey, man, I'm only just saying what I heard. Spreading lies. Um, not spreading lies. I'm I bringing read, up interesting conversational points. I wrote down the power of the penis, and I can't remember why. Oh, wait! Yes, yes! Um, no, no, no. The, the whole... Um, so, basically, I made a joke... That the whole reason that Scott Pilgrim is fighting all these people is because of the power of boners. Yes. And I, cool. I said that's the most powerful force on earth. Like, I just I just said that out of the blue, and I guess it caught on. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because I wrote that down the second time I watched it without you. So I think I just rem- second and remembered it. Yeah. Also, he goes at like 309 kilometers. So uh, the way Scott Pilgrim defeats Chris Evans is that he gets him to do a, a skateboard trick down... Um, he does a skateboard trick down a, a stairwell, mm-hmm. and he reaches a speed of nine, 309 kilometers per hour. And I think that... Before crashing and burning. Yeah, yeah. And that means he was going 192 miles per hour. Jeez. Like, like you hear cars doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, a person doing that. You would you would fly off the skateboard, yeah. especially if you because he grinds down this gigantic rail, like down this hill. Mm-hmm. So, like I know because I I hung I hang around like skateboard people occasionally. Yeah, um, doing like a grind down a really long like stairwell gets hard fast. Yeah, yeah. because you start to pick up speed, 
And obviously your body and the skateboard have different weights. So you got to keep yourself somehow planted to the skateboard and then dismount onto like the ground and stuff like without wham. Yeah. yeah. Like just like face planting into the dirt, mm-hmm. which I did once and I rubbed like all the skin off part of my hand. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. Like, it was like this part just was gone. Yeah. It was like the lower bit of my hand, like by your thumb. It's just. I had a baseball incident where I ripped all the skin off my, off the, uh. First bone of my first and second finger. Oh, geez. So, like, right here. Oh. Where all the hair is. Yeah. I'm a hairy man. Um, he, he really is. Where all this hair is. Dude, secretly Teen Wolf in the skies. Shut up. Um, this was all gone. Oh, gosh. Like, could you see the bone? Or? No, it was just muscle. Okay, good. But you could... It was, like, really red and bloody. Man, that was gross. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have this white scar, and it just reminds me that I will never play sports again. Yeah, honestly, good point. <laughs> um, Ramona's gone. Actually, I wrote down Ramona's gone. I've been staring at this for like 20 minutes trying to figure out what it says. Well, yes, honestly, I it's thought that said Ramona's grace. I'm like, she's not graceful at all. Very but um, yeah, so she totally disappears after the Lucas Lee fight. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what was all the right, next so point? I have one gripe with this movie, actually. So in this movie, there's a lot of subtleties, right? Uh-huh. There's one about him having the X on his side of his jacket. Yes. And there's one about when Ramona gives him his her number. There's seven X's on the number. Yeah. Can we just let subtleties be subtleties? Do we not? Can we not point everything out? Hey, man. There's no reason we have to point that out. It's, it's just it's a movie watching it's, group. Listen, it's a, it's a thing we do, and especially no, with no, no, Scott no. I'm talking about the movie itself. Uh, well, well, okay, but like you never would have picked up on that. I know. That's why I think it's good. Yeah, but it's good it's, they pointed it out no, because no. then it establishes the tone for the movie. I think they should not have pointed it out because that is something that you rewatch the movie and you're like, hey, I get it. Yes, but at the same time, Scott's still wondering after the second evil X what the heck is going on. Right, but and I And like how he could have known this from the beginning. And then Wallace shows him the card with seven X's on there and he points that out. From from a narrative perspective, I would have liked it more. Also, yeah. I love how he says, um, like he describes those X's on the card as deadly. I don't remember this part. Like when Wallace is showing him the card. Oh, okay. He's like seven deadly X's, and I'm like, okay, but those X's are on paper. Worst Wallace, they can do is give you a paper cut. He's just very scared of, of paper. Let me tell you. Good point. The line "You punched me in the boob" was great. Okay, so for context. After that fight, before his fight with the third evil X, this like this like figure attacks him, and Scott's like that's enough and punches up, and he punches the figure like straight in the boob, and she says that mm-hmm. Scott apologizes, and then she like disappears in like a cloud of like smoke. Just, yeah. Like, now he's just wondering this, what the heck's going on. This is the. Th- Fourth evil X we will eventually end up learning yes. uh, because uh, Ramona was by curious. Oh man, I love the I love the line after that, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> the third evil X. Um, I love his vegan powers. I think I think this might be my f- the the scene where he dies might be the funniest scene in the movie I've ever seen. Okay, yes. Yeah. So for context, um, that's your catchphrase. S- for context. For context. Um, Scott's ex-girlfriend, Envy Adams, comes back into town with her band, The Clash of Demon Head. And 
they invite Sex Bob-omb to be the opener at the show. Mm-hmm. So backstage, and like Scott definitely doesn't want to go because um, Envy was Scott's ex, and they broke up really badly. Yeah, before she got super famous, and the the scene where it's like Scott and his band and Envy and her band, like, awkwardly sitting there, and Envy's making conversations, silently roasting Ramona, and then, like, Scott is just, like, snaps, and goes to punch, uh, not Envy, but the Todd. The boyfriend. Uh, the boyfriend. Who is the third equal, evil ex. Third evil ex of Ramona, and then he is, like, stun-locked. And like lifted up by Todd's uh, telekinetic powers, yeah, because he's a vegan. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's perfect. I and he gets he like gets thrown around and like gets his butt whooped by Todd for like the first bit of that fight, and it's, then it's a, a, ba- a base battle ensues, and Scott's bra- base uh, breaks, yeah, and actually loses. later on you can see that the base is taped back together. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a subtlety. Um, yeah. that, they, that they didn't draw attention to, so I liked it. No, it's great. But so what ends up happening is Scott gets thrown through a wall into like a thing of coffee, or like like a like a table full of coffee, and he makes one have soy milk and the other half and half. So he tricks Todd into drinking the half and half to like break vegan rule, and so the vegan police show up. And they basically take away all of Todd's vegan powers, and his hair sags as they take his power away. And it's the best. Listen. It's like Samson having the power in his hair or something. It's so great. And then then Scott totally headbutts him into, like, a shower of coins. It's so great. It's a beautiful scene. Oh, man. That's the funniest scene I've ever seen. It's, it's the funniest Shut scene up. you've ever so. seen. Uh, next up, uh, right almost immediately afterwards, they find Evil X number four, which is a, 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 a bi-curious individual. Uh, named Roxy. Yeah, Roxy. I couldn't remember her name, sorry. But, like, yeah, they, they go to an after party for the show, and then Scott's attacked again out of nowhere by Roxy. Mm-hmm. And then what ends up happening is Ramona actually fights um, Roxy. And we should have mentioned this at the beginning, but she has the power to, like, travel through the subspace, like, highway. Roxy? No, Ramona. What? Like, you remember when, like, way back when, um, Scott thinks he's dreaming and there's the girl on the roller skates? Oh, yeah. That's Ramona, Ramona traveling through, like, okay, subspace so highway she through can... his head. It's, a, it's, a, it's shown a lot more in the comics, and it's, like, just briefly shown in the movie itself. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and that bag... Like that she has, where she pulls the hammer out of the bag. Yeah, that's made of subspace. Like that comes in a lot more in the comics. Okay, but she's got like this bag that's just like an infinitely storing bag. And she pulls out this hammer and she fights Roxy, who has like this sword whip. It's like the coolest weapon in the in the film. And eventually. Roxy's like, "Ha, you can't defeat me because Scott has to." And Scott's like, "But I can't hit a girl." And I love that scene so much because of course that's his one reservation. Yeah. Scott is very slightly sexist. We're going to point that out right slightly. now. Slightly. And very slightly and very sexist. hypocritical. He's a bad person. He's a bad person. I respect his choice mm-hmm. to not hit Roxy, but at the same time like really, it's an evil ex. It's you an- know what you're getting into. Clobber her. 
No, 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 no. That's not that's not what I meant at all, people. That's what I'm mean. No, no, no. I'm talking like just straight up like, yeah, you're not going to hit someone, but you're totally fine with cheating on them behind their back. That's oh, yeah. His... No, he's very selective about how he's a douchebag. Yes, yes. But so Ramona takes his hands and like is controlling Scott and eventually Roxy goes in between the two and separates them and totally decks Scott. Like he's like wham. And so the the next point on here that he's got <laughs> is the as the best because this I'm gonna let Grant tell this. This is how Roxy is defeated. I kid you not. It's perfect. So they go in slow-mo and Ramona yells at him Get the back of the back of the uh, knee. knee, and Scott's like, "How do you know that?" And she's like, "Remember when we were in bed? Never mind." And he gets the back of the knee, and she just falls down, like twitches, and she has death by orgasm, and it's amazing. I I told you, Scott Pilgrim is a beautiful thing. It's a good, it's a good movie. But and she obviously she well in the in the book actually she doesn't explode into coins. She explodes into like little baby animals. Okay, and she, and she doesn't die that way. She is slightly like the, it, that does happen in the comics, but how she dies is Scott uses like you know in the end of the movie where Scott pulls the power of love out of his chest yeah. in, in a sword. She, he cuts her in half with it. Okay, like that's how Roxy dies in the oh, comics. Okay, okay. Is Scott gets the power of love not at the end, but in that fight against Roxy, mm-hmm. and Scott totally cuts Roxy in half. Right. Something I, I didn't like about this movie is I feel like they got kind of lazier with the exes as they went along. Yeah, well, yes, because there was a lot more subplot in the books. Like, if right, you read, I don't the re- books are the complete vision. Yeah, maybe I just need to read a book one of these days. You do. And also, um, the last comic was written in tandem with the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, they never had the ending to go on. So, Brian Lee O'Malley, the person who wrote the comics and, like was the brainchild behind it, worked with Edgar Wright to create the ending. And I like the ending in the comics more, but... was the ending? Oh, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get um, there. I don't entirely know the like the whole subplot of the books, but I, I know a few things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Roxy dies by orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, they As break, one tends to do. That, that happens a lot. They break up. The exes get kind of lazy. I didn't like the fifth and sixth evil ex. I feel like the, there was the a lot Katia of... The Katianagi twins? Yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot of creativity that could have happened. I just feel like they kind of copped out. Well, I mean, the flight in the comics isn't great either, to be honest. They, they kidnap Kim again, and um, what ends up happening is, like, Scott goes to fight them, but he's so hungover from the last night that they just totally wail on him. Mm-hmm. And, like, R- Ramona's not there, like, like in the comics, she is. It's it's weird. It's really weird. But her her phone, Kim's phone battery is dying, and it makes a sound like like a text tone. So she totally lies to Scott and is like, "Ramona wants you to win. She believes in you." And it like you can see in Scott's pupils that like the fire goes up in his eyes, mm-hmm. and he beats both of the Katianagi twins by like jumping and kneeing both of them in the face, like. Yeah, that was the fight in the comic. The fight in the in the movie. They just get two giant electric animals to brawl. Yes, and I find that better. Like in my opinion, like 
I mean, yes, there's more character development in the comic book fight. Well, yeah, that's but I, yeah. visually, like aesthetically wise, I like the movie more. I, I would prefer the comics in this case. Okay. All right. Because I'm a man who likes character growth in his movies more than anything else. Yeah, good point. P- character growth and plot development. Because uh, that's, you know, I'm an, I'm an actor, or I used to be an actor, so that's, that's just the thing I've come to value. I'm not a rapper. Super hot. I am not a rapper. I am not an actress. I'm Erica Costa. Anyway, what? That's I will tell you later. No, um, I reference Super Hot Fire. If you guys gotta look up that video, it's uh, hilarious. And I reference Erica Costa. <laughs> she's I think she's Eric. She's Jake Paul's ex girlfriend. Oh gosh, let's uh, not even go into that one. Just okay. just briefly, she released a very awful music video like last year. Of course she did. And that's a line in it, and it's amazing. Oh great. Okay. Um. Anyway. Uh, the one-up was really clever. Yeah, okay. So Get it. Af- after the, his fight with the evil exes, Scott gains an extra life. Like again, He gets the, a life. The, 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 yes, and that's actually one of the comic book names, I think. Get a life? Scott Pilgrim gets a life. Oh, okay. And that's the whole video game aesthetic coming in again with the one-up. I love that scene, and it comes into play a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Now, we, then he fights the seventh evil ex, Gideon. Um, he is the big record producer that the that the sex bombs want to get to sign them, mm-hmm. and so he gets depressed. I think there's like four guys sleeping in his bed now. Well, because well, they, yeah, they uh, kick Scott out of the band, like finally. Yeah, and so, I, no, just, I think sex bomb may have broken up. No, they're still together because they're together at the end of the movie. Oh, um, good point. So Wallace, just a brief side note: Wallace has a boyfriend. Named Scott, we mentioned him earlier. Yeah, and Wallace is also sleeping with Anna Kendrick's character's boyfriend. Oh, I love that! Yeah, uh, Anna Kendrick is. First off, Anna Kendrick's pretty good in this movie too. In this movie, Anna Kendrick is Scott Pilgrim's little sister, or big li- sister. I, I thought it was little sister. I could, I don't know. I think it's little sister, but she okay. totally acts like his big sister, and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a side note. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the last thing is really, really clever. The one up. Um, he dies, and he's like, I'm going to die. And then he, like, has the one-up from earlier. Well, we got to explain it, the scene before. Like Somehow I didn't write very many notes on this scene. Okay. I, I, if you'd I, like to go on. I legitimately wrote no notes. <laughs> I'm just going off of my memory for look describing how, Look how scenes. professional we are for our first episode of this podcast. No, Grant's professional because he took notes. I'm professional because I basically know this movie front to back. Scott Pilgrim goes to, like, fight Gideon Graves, and there's the whole scene about him getting ready. So he's, like, throwing on his coat, throwing on his hat, and it's all, like, dramatic music, and then it stops because Scott Pilgrim takes, like, like five seconds to go ahead and tie his shoes and, like, it kills the mood. He goes, and there's, like... The bouncer's at the door. He's like, I'm here to see Gideon. He goes, they go, what's the password? And it's like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And they're like, okay. And they let him in. And then there's the second set of bouncers by the elevator. It's like, second password. And it's just sigh. Where is it? Ugh. It's ugh. And they're like, all right, cool. And they let him down. And there's there's the whole thing about, like, him going down in the elevator, and the only source of light is the elevator with Scott in it, and it's just going down, mm-hmm. like, in a dark elevator shaft. That's a great, like, aesthetic. It's yeah. a great visual. And they, they finally go into Gideon's, like, palace or whatever it's called, and he he goes to Gideon, and Gideon's like, you're f- why are you fighting me? Or, like, you're fighting me for her? 
And Scott says yes. And as soon as he says yes, his chest opens up and just this, like, the hilt of the katana pops out. And it goes, Scott earned the power of love. So he fights Gideon with the sword, the power of love sword. And then Gideon, like, every time he he spawns this sword, right? Mm -hmm. That's, like, all seven attributes because he's the seventh evil ex. And that's just the other number aesthetic. Every time the swords clash, there's 700 points. Like It's almost as if there's a theme. Oh, wow, I wonder. Eventually, Scott tells Knives and Ramona that he cheated on them. And, like, it's it's a really sad scene because he totally screws it up. And then Gideon totally goes and stabs him in the chest, which in the comic is, like, like Tar- have you seen any Tarantino movies? Not that I know of. Okay, so, like, it's, like, super bloody and just, like, I'll, I'll pull up the image. Okay. But... I'll try and put this in the show notes, so send this to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's gruesome. Like, it's insanely bloody. Like, it's it's, like... If any of you have watched a Tarantino movie, you will know what I'm talking about. And then he he dies, and then uses that extra life to, like, go back and do everything right. And he earns a two-times bonus score for, like, everything he does right. He ties his shoes just in one go and not, like, flip-flopping the laces or whatever. Yeah. He, like... He's in boss mode. He's in, like, super focus mode. And he already knows what's going on. He gets back to Gideon's palace, and Gideon's like, you're fighting me for her? And Scott's like, no, I'm fighting you for me. And that's the whole character development. Yep. And then it's like, Scott earns the power of self-respect. And that's another katana. There's a more powerful katana. Is it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it gives more stats. Okay, all right. I honestly didn't pay attention to the stats on that one. I know, I'm such a scrub. Yeah. But And then the fight ensues, again, basically as it would have. And then he does right by everyone. Like, he, he does right by Kim, the, the drummer in Sex Bomb because they dated. And, and he was a jerk. And he was a jerk. So he, he gets, he... Um, apologizes. Apologizes. And then he says that young Neil, the, the new bassist... Like, we haven't mentioned once in this entire thing. We haven't mentioned the Sex band. Bomb. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. He just, he just makes amends with all the Sex Bomb people. Well, okay, so there's like Steven Stills... Which is, like, they call him the talent because he's the singer in the band and, like, the lead of the band. Then there's young Neil, who's, like, the person that sits in the corner and is, like, kind of part of the band. Yeah. He owns the house they practice in. Um, he makes right by all of them. So he's, like, Steven, your new band's killer. Um, and young Neil, you're really good on bassist. You're better than I was. And, like... The Sex Bomb is backing him up with like awesome music as he's fighting uh, Gideon's cronies, and like he then does right by Knives and Ramona. He doesn't die this time because Ramona and Knives fight Gideon, and in one of the best lines in the thing, Ramona double crosses Gideon, making everyone think like she's going back to him. Gideon says, "That's my girl." And Ramona says, "Let's both be girls before she co- like totally knees him in the nuts. Like that's a good scene. It's I a like, great that's scene. That's a good line. Like it's that. a great line. And then Gideon totally like beats her up. And then it's Scott and Knives paralleling the dance dance revolution. Like yeah. thing in the beginning. And they're totally in sync, just whooping him. Right? Like mm-hmm. and also there's a whole bit of a fight, like, in the comics, like in subspace yeah. with Gideon that totally isn't in the movie, but probably should have. And they defeat Gideon and it's like 
seven billion seven hundred seventy seven million seven hundred seventy seven thousand seven billion it's just seven billion oh it's just seven billion yeah i thought it was all seven no okay never mind so it's a, it's seven billion coins and i find it funny that steven stills is just like money and like dives into the pile and is just taking all the coins that well, he yeah, can of course it's Wouldn't the you? best oh i oh i heck of what are you kidding yeah, me this is although it was a little disorienting because it's canadian money like with everybody like on good terms Scott has to fight himself. Negasup, Scott. Yes. We're going to have to say that very N-E-G-A carefully. N-E-G-A, Scott. Yes. So he shows up, and you think there's going to be this big, like, he's, he's telling everybody, like, go outside. I'll deal with this. And, like, two seconds later, you see them, and they're walking out, and they made plans to eat. They got like, br- they're getting brunch. They're getting brunch. It's it's such a great scene because there's so much tension that's been built. And then it's all just released as they leave the cha- It's a chaos theater. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the other Scott leaves. And it's so it's such a great scene. Um, you have written on here, he should have ended up with knives. Yes. Because I Ramona th- started walking away. He he was with knives, and knives was, was like, go. Don't worry about me. And she finally gets over Scott in, like, one of the best scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. And Scott and Ramona give it one more shot, and they walk off into the night, and that's how the movie ends. You see, I, I'm torn, because I think it is narratively more fulfilling for Scott if he ends up with knives. And actually, that was the planned ending, but it didn't do well with test audiences, I think. Uh, so they the test had, audiences are stupid, because that would have been way better. Yeah. Um... That that I think is would have been yeah, more fulfilling for Scott. However, for Knives, a more f- and for Ramona, I think. Yeah. No, no, no. For for Knives only, it would have been more fulfilling. Here's the deal: you can either you can either have a more fulfilling end for Knives and Ramona, um, with, that is Scott ends up with Ramona, which is what they went with, or they can have a more fulfilling ending for Scott, which is that he ends up with Knives. Because in the one where Scott ends up with Ramona, Knives learns to move on and Ramona learns to love. That's their character arc. And in the one where Scott ends up with Knives, Scott learns to not, not be to not be a douchebag. Yes. You know, you I think you can't have both. You gotta choose one. I think they chose the lesser one, personally. Yeah, and on like I'm looking through the movie or the alternate ending right now, and I'm just gonna have this playing in the background. Okay. So, for context, we just watched the alternate ending where Scott ends up with knives, and it's a better ending! It's a way better ending. I mean, well, okay, but here's my thing about it, though. The, the way you brought it up, where all the characters learn something from the original ending, mm-hmm. I like that one more. I think they learn more, but because I still they, think they Because wouldn't. they totally screwed over Ramona in this ending. Like, they totally they screwed did. over Ramona. Um, I think, as a person who cares about character development... It is more narratively fulfilling for the main character and the primary secondary character for Scott to end up with knives. Okay, and I and I get that, and that honestly Plus is like it, a more heartwarming ending. But at the at my, the same time, like Scott did all this work, he finally beat every evil ex. He can finally be with Ramona, someone who like, he legitimately cares about. Yes, but I think more than that he should learn. And I think with Ramona, he has learned. Like he has learned. To not be a douche. And he's learned that you can't just mess with people. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't do that. And I think, like, with that knowledge, he can be a better person. And with the knowledge that Knives has learned from the original ending, she can be a better person yeah. as well. 
I, I think either Knives or Scott's. W- one of their endings has to be snuffed, I think. One of their best endings. And I think that in terms of characters, it is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And so we must snuff Knives' ending. That's my own personal take. Okay. I understand the other. I understand why you'd want them to end up with Ramona, but I don't. Okay. Agree. All right. Um, the next thing I'm going to show you as a little add on is Scott Pilgrim versus the animation. Now, this comes up in the comics, and okay. this, is a, uh, this is a prequel, a prologue, if you will. Sure. So, this is when Scott's in high school, just, just like for reference. And this gives some backstory on Kim, the drummer for Sex Bomb, and uh, Lisa, um, a girl that comes up later in the comics. She, I don't believe she's mentioned in the movie. You all can correct me if I'm wrong, but... She comes up as, like, a secondary interest because apparently she still has the hots for Scott. Mm. So I'm going to play this right now. And I think it's it was on Adult Swim. I think you all should check it out because the animation is perfectly done. Like, it looks exactly like the comics if you go and look. Okay, so for those of you returning, we just watched uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the animation. It's a short little prologue that is supposed to be in, I think... Somewhere in between Evil X2 and Evil X3, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I thought that was a good little precursor. I didn't like it. Okay. I don't know. I think it's just kind of random. Plus, how does everybody... How does Kim end up in Toronto? Uh, there, there's more in the comic. This is a little si- like side okay. story okay. in the comic. It's like a teaser trailer. Basically. Okay. It, I mean, like yeah. for, for the movie's purposes, yes. For the comics purpose, like, that serves a lot more purpose in the comics than it does in the actual, like, movie. All right. Well, with that, we've covered up everything on my list. So, um, every movie review place gives you an arbitrary score out of 10, so. Um, that is definitely an A. Not like You think it's an A? Like, 9.5 out of 10. I actually, I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10, because there are definitely movies that are better than that. But for my interests, I love this movie. It's a movie I can watch over and over again without getting bored. Because there's always new things to discover about it. So you gave it a 9.5? Yes. Okay. I give it an 8.5. Okay. I think it's really funny. It's definitely one of the best movies I've ever seen. But uh, I don't know. It's just it's a little weird for me. You know. It's, it's a good movie, but... Hmm. Wait, weird in what way? It's just... Is it, it's just not your kind of movie? Yeah, it kind of, like, I don't know. It just isn't, you know, it's a good movie, but it's not my favorite. Yeah, okay. All right, I get that. So I'm going to write these. As he's furiously typing. All right, so I've written these down, right? We're going to keep a tally of our favorite movies that we review. Okay. Mm. So we have watched Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. What's our next movie? We're going to do Kingsman the Secret Service. That's another movie I can do just like off the top of my head. Yeah. Do you do you want to watch both of them? Let's do the one. Let's let's, do, let's just do one. We okay. can we can do two another time. Okay. But I figure. No, I mean like do one of them. Do the, this one next this week and the next week after that. Do the next one. Or do you want to just no, split, okay, no, break. Let's split it up? Okay. Yeah. With that, do you have anything else you want to say? Um, I gotta get running because I have a hot date. My man. No, I know. My name is Grant. My name is Nathan. Thank you for watching We're Not Film Majors, a a name we came up with while in the podcast. Thank you. I hope you guys have a good day. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at GrantDoesAThing. 
Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at, at Grant Does Things. And if you want to follow me on YouTube, it's at Grant Does Things. Do you have any social media you want to you want to plug? Um, no, I'm good. All right. Well, with that, um, follow me. Subscribe to me on YouTube. Um, I will be posting regular original content, used in quotes. Um, I will be posting content every Monday, and I think I'll be posting a clip of this every Thursday to promote the podcast. Woo! Um, but with that, I hope you guys had a good day, uh, and I gotta go do some math homework. So, I'll see you guys later. Yep, see you guys.